0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Verbal Garbage coming at you hot and live, fresh on a Tuesday, and and we're really clamoring to get to this one, guys. We got some some fun stories, some fun current events, a couple recaps, and uh, let's just get right into it. You know, last week, coming fresh off of uh, the the four-day work week, the Memorial Day, everybody had off for the most people, paying tribute to our fallen soldiers and those who served to give us a better country and lifestyle to live by, well... We were over at our friend's house having a little soiree, if you will, and, you know, I'm bringing the smoked goods and getting high, obviously, and over there, one of our friends is notorious for making his famous weed brownies, and it's just, it's funny how these days you can get high in so many avenues, eating stuff, putting chapstick on, putting sunscreen on, smoking the old bong, like your boy is just famous for, but you know, these, these old cats, these boomers and such, they got a real interesting way of dabbling in their weed and um, these lovely people. So they, they love their fudge brownies and they love getting high. So they figured why not, why not create a world where we can experience both. So what they do is they'll take their fudge brownies. They cook them, I guess, for about 25 minutes or so. And then they take their, their ground up weed and just start sprinkling in there. And then I guess they add a little more, more brownie batter and just, Call it even. Um, supposedly they work; they're extremely potent. Not really my uh, my cup of tea. And you know, to give the listeners out there some context, I am an, uh, a lifelong edible struggler, if you will. I've never really been able to find that magic potion and that that secret formula where I can eat the edibles and just get a really enjoyable high. So. We've made some, some desperation calls last time we were in New Jersey and we were really consulting the doctor, seeing what kind of potion we could find ourselves with and ended up finding some strong, some strong branches and some strong bags. So not only do I go, did I go on a 300 milligram adventure? I went on a 500 milligram adventure, uh, albeit to live sporting events with plenty of other humans around. So yeah. And even those edibles, they always have some kind of little, you can always taste a little bit of the weed in the back. Right. And it's just not, not ideal. So I can't imagine what those brownies taste like and I'll tell you what my dad was curious to find out cuz we're all sitting there you know placing the food out getting everything ready distributing pairing the chips with the dips and all that kind of fun stuff and we look over in dad's direction and he's uh he's chowing down on one of these fudge brownies and we all just fucking uh for those of you who don't listen my dad is about as anti marijuana as you can be he thinks it is like I mean, one of the first times he ever caught me and my brother in high school smoking, he said, you know what kind of fucking piss the Mexicans are putting into that? Like, I just don't think he ever really understood. And then a couple weekends ago, we went out to dinner. And after we came home, my mom was, like, talking about edibles. And I just, like, gave her one of my ones that was not strong at all. I was just going to help her sleep. And my dad's, like, sitting there yelling, are you guys going to overdose or something? So he just he doesn't understand. So... Uh, fast forward to him digging into a plateful of weed brownies and luckily we caught him just in time to where he realizes what we're talking about and he freaks out and just the look on his face was just sheer terror. So we uh we instruct him to spit it out as soon as possible. So he runs over to the sink <laughs> just trying to get it off the tongue and scrape it and uh I was making jokes about just sit back and let it take control now, Daddy. It's nothing you can do and Luckily, he didn't have any symptoms of uh, the marijuana high because that could have been, could have been really bad. So we we're able to avoid that. You know, back in the day, my sister used to try to, like she's very by the book, intelligent, smart. Would go to classes, like do all the right stuff in our childhood. And me and my brother just weren't really cut that way, especially me. Um, I remember at a point she was like. By no means a stoner, but was supposedly dating some dork who was some big stoner and some running some empire. So I remember one time she got a bunch of edibles from this guy, like these cereal brownies that had like cereal on top of, you know what I mean? And just took the whole lot to myself. And maybe that's why I never get half edibles is because I took them back then, and stole them from someone illegitimately, and then dosed myself and just got incredibly high that maybe the lowers are just like, you don't deserve this anymore, boy, we're going to give it to the guys who earned it organically and, <laughs> and played it, played their cards right to get high. And you just, you cut every line imaginable. We're we're not rewarding you. So I get it. Last episode, uh, we talked a little bit about our, our new friend in the, the verbal garbage universe, Mr. James Williams. Um, I, I guess, obviously I was a little bit misinformed thinking his whole thing was fun. Um, I've had a couple friends reach out to me, my brother, a couple other people that are close to the situation. The gentleman who was pictured in the video is actually one of my customers at Snap-on. So, uh, kind of got the, the 401 from him. Another one of my buddies reached out and this guy is not a good sympathetic figure by any means. I just, if anybody knows me, I like the reality shows people fail, like all this kind of stuff is what I take pleasure in. It's what my, one of my simple joys in life is, is watching, watching stuff like that. So when you get a guy on YouTube, who's buying his own speedometers, setting them up out front to try to rat out kids that are literally not doing anything wrong. I mean, of course I'm going to find humor in it. And then you sprinkle in some of that, that Floridian redneck dust. And you just take a little whiff of that and take a little sniff of that. And you get a little James Williams perspective. So, Am I going to sit back and continue to break down the videos and have fun? Yes, I am. Because that's going to lead into a, we've teased it multiple times, but the the Jeremy Warren, James Williams special episode is getting closer every day. James has turned to law enforcement and turned to kids to try to fund his videos or whatever you want to call it. Content fund, not financially fund. And my boy, Jeremy Warren was a, a video game customer who just, who went awry and, so you got the, the jersey fireblood and you got the flirty and redneck dust so we're gonna kind of break them down eventually and kind of go into that deep but by no means am i supporting james williams or trying to give him a voice i am simply pointing out his videos are hilarious and if you don't follow him on youtube give him a give him a checkout it's uh, neighbors from hell on stanley road and you're really gonna get um get some juice out of that I am simply not trying to make anybody drink the water. I'm simply leading you to the fountain. And I'm giving you an option. If you want to drink some of that redneck dust and sip it on up, you're more than welcome to. If you'd rather sit back and smell the embers burning while I watched, then that's your right as well. So uh, next next little thing we want to jump into is just documentary. I watched over the last week or so. It was – um. Jelly Roll on Hulu. I've been a big Jelly Roll fan for about two to three years now. A little background information, if you don't know Jelly Roll, he is a former convict felon, just living in and out of the prison system and for his childhood, for his adult life. He was constantly in and out of jails and rehabs and whatever you want to call it. And was a rapper for a little bit, ended up being turned that turned a new leaf and. Deciding to get into some country music. So now he's kind of exploding onto the country music scene, which is cool for the people that have been following him for a little bit longer, especially like not even me. there's He's been around for 10, 12 years. I just got into him about two three years ago, but um, just gone through, you know, rough upbringing, rough childhood, weight problems, addiction problems. A lot of things that the everyday person can relate to. <clears throat> I'm blessed to not have some of these issues to relate to on a deeper level that some people do, but man, I challenge anyone to watch this documentary not to get super emotional and just to see when you have a musician that can write lyrics that are so meaningful, that have gone through these things, that are speaking to other people that are gone through the same things. I mean, I'm, it doesn't take a lot for me to cry. I mean... But that that documentary, I think five or six separate times, I was brought to to serious emotion, tears. Well, and it was just not like bad tears. It was happy, like damn, this guy is so profound and effective at concerts. Just, to, I mean, I get goosebumps even talking about it. It's just wild. So it's on Hulu. I think it was called it's Jelly Roll, and then one of his song names, "Son of a Sinner," "Need a Favor," or Say, I think "Save Me," Jelly Roll, "Save Me." Uh, please check it out if you have Hulu. If not, stream it. It's it's extremely worth the watch. Really well done. And just uh give you some thoughts, you know. So just check it out. Um it's so annoying. We're we're still messing with the zoom here, guys, and we're still not knowing how to uh just populate the chat on the side. should chat previews, show chat. And I'm just kind of making a list of all the stuff I want to talk about nowadays and just kind of filter it out a little bit easier. Um, next thing is kind of funny. I don't know how much we're gonna spend on this, but for our uh, for our movie fans out there, you know i was I was a fan of Ballers and a couple other things back then. But after a while, it just it gets to be a little too much, right? Um, for those of you just listening and not watching, I'm gonna start share the screen, but I was just curious who the listeners think I'm talking about. Giving them about five seconds. Just someone who was really shoved down our throat and we're just we've kind of had enough. Did you guess the rock? <laughs> well, Dan, that's a good guess. Yeah, nothing against the guy. I mean, he he really went out, did his own thing. Growing up, he was my all time favorite wrestler. Like I grew up during the Attitude Era with. Undertaker, Kane, The Rock, Stone Cold, Gold Dust, Big Show, just all the best shit, and The Rock was my favorite, Stone Cold was my brother's favorite, but, you know, after Ballers and a few movies, Jumanji and Baywatch, and it just starts, it starts getting out of control here, so there's a report out there, guys, that Dwayne Johnson's having trouble getting green lights these days. Now... He, sure, he's some people's favorite all-time actor, right? Maybe he's been in some incredible movies, but I just, I really wanted to cover this story the other day because my brother sent me a meme, and it was just four, I gotta find it. It's the four different rock movies, and it's like, <laughs> these are different movies. Like, four movie meme Playing the character he always plays, and it's just like, these are four different movies. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm having trouble pulling her up right now, but it's just like him in a green shirt, like in the jungle sweating. It's like, the gist is like he's playing the same role in every movie. Not true, obviously. It's a little bit of sarcasm and fabricating on my part, but uh, The Rock is 51 years old. And this article here on Yahoo Entertainment, 51-year-old wrestler-turned-actor known as Many by The Rock has been appearing in films for decades. However, even this well-known movie star and action hero has not had the easiest time in Hollywood. The Rock has had a really hard time getting green lights, said film critic Jeff Snyder. I'm hearing that Dwayne I'll wait for the supporters. Red notice and Black Adam. So that's uh the Holy Trinity coming at you from old Rocky Boy here. And yeah, it's getting grim. So damn grim. <laughs> guess what he was forced to dip his little toe back into, guys. Oh yeah, that's right. The Rock is dipping himself back into that fast franchise. Hobbs is back. The excitement is just palpable at this point. Fast and Furious, listen, I'll admit, up to about fast five, fast six, I was I was in. You gotta see this one. This one's really and my buddy Jason was telling me then years ago that it's just insane. They'll do I mean now, what are we on now? The 10th, like, and for some of you that don't know, a couple years back. The Rock was introduced as Hobbs into the Fast and Furious franchise, which is uh, synonymous with Vin Diesel, a.k.a. Dom Toretto. Um, Vin Diesel's character in the movie is turned into a cult figure of sorts with the wife beater, the bald head, the glasses, sunglasses, and the... You know, everything is about family mantra. So, The Rock is having such a hard time that he's had to actually ingratiate himself back in with the Fast and the Furious franchise and... Kind of a tough break for the Rock here because him and Vin had a really uh, big feud slash fallout, whatever you want to call it. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna pull up the timeline here just to get a little more in depth for the listeners because some people might not know what a Toretto is, might not know what Family's about, might not have ever heard of this beef. And I'm I'm here to educate you guys. You know, if we're we're talking beefs and we're talking Hollywood pop culture, now look at these two fucks, these two beautiful bald men that i i'm a part of their tribe but vin just stay out so you don't turn your back on family unless you're Vin Diesel or dwayne the rock johnson who have been nursing grudges against each other since 2016 okay so they first appeared together in 2011's fast five which is probably the last good one And The Rock was introduced as Luke Hobbs, an agent pursuing the Fast and Furious crew for their various crimes against every law enforcement agency in the world. (laughs) Um, Everything seemed copacetic over the years. August 2016. God damn it. Quick commercial break, guys. And this sponsored break is brought to you by Hello Tushy. Are we sponsored by them? No. Are we dreaming of their sponsorship? Yes. Hello, Toshi. I use your product. I mean, so much so that I feel like at this point you guys actually owe me money. I mean, I have spread the word of the gospel, thanks be to Christ, more than you could even imagine. I've, I think I've bought four of them for others, I bought two for myself, I've convinced. I think three other people to buy them. So the head count's getting up there and the the amount of tushies I've kept clean and I've kept them part of my deal. So we're just waiting on you guys. Yeah, my TikTok following and such is not not what you'd like. Do I even have a TikTok? No, but my God, we're trying to really do the damn thing here, right? So there's just there's only so much you can do and documenting Vin Diesel's story. Is gonna be part of my documentary history. Coming off a quick pause break, we got some some workers really really going hard on the walls there. They're hammering away, and we're trying to keep the noise down to a minimum here. But maybe they don't want me talking about Vin Diesel and The Rock, but goddamn, it's too late. We're we're halfway halfway through this article now, and the people I think were really starting to be curious of what happened and why this all started. So in 2016, the Jumanji star, aka The Rock set the fandom ablaze with a since-deleted tweet or an Instagram in which referred to it and named his unnamed members of the cast as candy asses, in quotes. Rumors immediately swirled that he was insulting Diesel, who had been part of the Fast franchise since the movie premiered in 01. A few days later, after filming for The Fate of the Furious wrapped, Johnson posted another on Instagram thanking some of his castmates by name. But he did not mention Diesel. Okay. So he called him a candy ass, and then he didn't thank him for being good to work with. So clearly they're not great to work, or one's unhappy with the other. I've as you guys have heard through the grapevine, Vin Diesel's not really uh, the most ideal co-worker, but family, bro. Though the rampage, it's just so funny. Every time they talk about The Rock, it's a different like star. Like they have the movie italicized, but it's always like the Jumanji star, the rampage star. The Baywatch star, the skyscraper star, the fast and furious star, the Black Adam star. It's like, wh- can we just narrow it down? Like, who are we talking Now, obviously, I know it's The Rock because Vin Diesel's not really anything other than like Triple X and Fast. Let's well, Triple X. God damn it. You peaked, Vin. That was peak, Vin. Um, God damn fucking pop ups here. They just don't want me documenting this feud. Does a Rampage star never identified the target of his ire? His co-star seemingly confirmed that it was him and his own Instagram. Honestly, give me a second. I will tell you everything he said. Everything. Weird. Michelle Rodriguez, the co-star, later confirmed there was tension between the two. Though it chalked it up as kind of a disagreement. Fellow fast star Tyrese was somewhat less diplomatic. When Fast 9 was delayed for the first time... Oh, and remember Tyrese's meltdown? Oh my fucking god. I'm not even going to get into that right now, but... Congratulations to The Rock and your brother-in-law, a.k.a. Seven Bucks Producing Partner, for making the Fast and Furious franchise about you. So, now Tyrese is mad at The Rock because Tyrese wanted a little bit more of that bone that The Rock's starting to chew on, you know? Again... Diesel defended the San Andreas act there, so they're talking about the Rocky. <laughs> Johnson, meanwhile, left the main fast saga and started his own spin-off, Hobbs and Shaw. So then there was a spin-off of Fast and Furious, which I didn't know about. I think that's Jason Statham. Um I mean, are you guys as exhausted as me on this fucking feud yet? Like I think I'm I think I'm good. So anyway, the Rock is is struggling so much now to get Greenlit because people don't really care to see like him flying in a helicopter trying to save a burning building and he's got a hot girl to his arm. It's just like, we're, we're good. We're good. Um, the the point being that it's gotten so bad for our boy that he's had to actually go back into Vin Diesel's arms now and really embrace the family role coming back as Hobbs. And so let's, uh, we'll just see how that goes. If anyone ends up seeing the fast and furious movies, feel free to let me know how they are can't Imagine that they've gotten any more ridiculous than they've we're starting to get a couple of years ago, but who the fuck knows? Um, we're good on Hollywood, right? For that one. That's a good little next thing I wanted to bring up quickly was. I mean, this was gonna be quick going into this, but now this is probably gonna take up a couple minutes. But golf talking all the time about golf, I love golf. This, that I watch so much now. And it's gotten to the point now where some of these big tournaments on the weekends, I'm watching so many hours of it. I'm like, how am I not betting on this? Like, how do I not have any, you know, at least when you watch the Eagles games, it's like, all right, I'm from there. Like, that's my team. I can get behind them. If I don't have a money stake in there, it's not a huge deal. Like, I'm still rooting. Golf, I mean, you have your favorites, but you don't really ever have, like, that burning desire to root for someone and get hyped. So... This Sunday, you know, after watching Friday, Saturday, a little bit of Thursday, we I watched all weekend. Sunday, it's coming in. I think the leader going into Sunday was Rory McIlroy, was like I want to say seven under, and then there was like ten guys between four and six under. So I was like, oh, I want to kind of kind of get my toes wet here, dip my little bird beak into this pool of betting, and see what I can do. So I reached out to two buddies who, one, still hasn't Venmoed me in my winnings bag yet and asked them kind of how it works, what it is. They sent me a screenshot, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, ooh. My my thoughts behind this were just like there's a lot of inexperienced guys at the top of the list, and I don't think that they're going to really be ready yet to capitalize on this. So I wanted to pick a little more seasoned veteran. um, Right away, like all weekend, I was like, Victor Hovland's going to win. Victor Hovland's going to win. If you've been watching recently, he's been very close. I'll try to make this quick for the non-golf fans, but he's been contending at the top, very close, and just inexperienced guys in the field that were up close. I'm like, all right, I like Hovland. But Colin Morikawa had really tasty outs, so I threw 20 bucks, blah, blah, blah. Morikawa withdraws like 30 minutes before he's teeing off because of back spasms. Don't get a refund on that. And then Victor Hovland, 17th hole, He's not looking, he's not looking bad, but he's not looking like he's going to be able to come back. Danny McCarthy, I think birdied the 17. I can't, I can't remember. Anyways, after the 17th hole, I'm like, I don't like the way this is going. Like he's in second place. I bet him to win. Now I'm not much of a gambler or a better, so I don't really know the the rules and all that. I text my buddy, cash out. Like I didn't want to lose money because I already lost 20 bucks on Morikawa. Who. Withdrew, but I didn't get money back. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to lose forty dollars. So cash me out. It ended up being twenty dollars and ninety eight cents. So I profited ninety eight cents. Um, but that was on before the eighteenth hole was played. I'm pretty sure McCarthy ended up birdie, bogeying eighteen, and more. Um, Havlin parted, so it went to a playoff where Hovland ended up winning on this. I think they replayed the eighteenth hole as the first playoff. He won the hole, won the tournament. I could have made $160 off of 20, but I cashed out and I made 98 cents off of it. So you would think that would like deter me. And I'm like always saying, oh, I want Ben to be legal in Florida. My friend's like, you think you want Ben to be legal? Like now you just have a taste of one loss. You have no idea. I'm like, no, you're right. So against better judgment, two weeks from now and the US Open's going on. Yeah, I'll be betting. All right. I'll be fucking betting. Oh, so, not only that, but now we got the breaking news that came out today. The Live Golf Championship and PGA are merging with the DP Tour World Championship. So, really quick backstory here. PGA was obviously under one umbrella it was where all the best players were playing. That's where everyone made their name, made their money. Um, A venture came out last year. It's called two years ago called live golf uh, funded by the Saudis, Saudi Arabia um, headed by Greg Norman, a former golfer. I think he won the player's championship two times, something like that. Uh, An Australian gentleman, either way, he's, he's really trying to get the golfers to play more, to play less golf, to make more money. But obviously there was a lot of friction about this move because there was the PGA loyalist, who had been watching it their whole lives, and they immediately shunned anyone who went to live. Or there was the PGA players who shunned the guys who went to live. Like, Rory McIlroy was immediately made a mouthpiece for PGA and was constantly talking out and talking negative about live. And all these guys saying the blood money of Saudi Arabia, this and that. I thought it was strange the whole time because, A... PGA is definitely in bed with some organizations that are corrupt and don't get money the best ways. And B, we all are victims of using iPhones or using this or using that. they all come from horrible, illegal child labor and taking advantage of these these laws. And we still do it. But then when certain things, like I'll admit, I, I try to admit like I'm doing my part for doing this or doing that. and. It is what it is. You say you're going to boycott this company, but don't you don't boycott this company. So what do you? Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm just trying to watch golf for entertainment and sports and like have fun. And to me, it just—I mean, it was cool on some weekends when the PGA wasn't on or if the PGA was having a lesser tournament that I could go over and watch live or lives on a different time zone if they're in Dubai, so I can watch it at eight o'clock at night. But it's like you're watching a tournament and you're watching, you know. John Rahm and Roy McIlroy and Justin Thomas and whoever you want to call the best golfers in the world over here, Scotty Scheffler competing over here. But then you got Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith and Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson. You just got all these awesome players over here. It's like, and then when you get a tournament like the masters where some of those live guys were able to come play, you get the dynamic of the live guys playing with the PGA guys in the same groupings, they're teeing off together the leaderboards you're seeing live guys with the people like the best golfer. It's just like, if you want to watch the sport, you want the best guys playing the best guys, which is what I want. So some people are saying it's not good for golf and this and that. I think it's awesome. You get all the best players playing with each other. Now, if you disagree, I'm genuinely curious as to why, what, what is not good about this. Oh, the Saudi Arabian blood money. I mean, we could really do a deep dive now if we wanted to on PGA and look into some of their sponsors and partners. And you know what I mean? It's just, come on. So I'm ecstatic. I mean, I, I think this is going to be awesome. I don't know exactly what a merger entails. Like if they eliminate the name PGA and they start going under a different, different thing there. I mean, I don't know, but just, just imagine the PGA like shaming all these guys for doing it first and then having people, you, I'm not going to say PGA appointed Roy McElroy as the mouthpiece, but it was very clear. Anytime there was an issue to be brought up, Roy was very outspoken against anyone who decided to go to live. Um, I, For what? It, the PGA pretty much like stabbed you guys in the back here because they said they weren't going to, you know, they were talking all this and that, and then they don't even like the PGA is a player's golf association. Obviously, it's the Professional Golf Association, but it's run by the players, supposedly. And then you have news like this that breaks today, and it's pretty much said that no players were approached or talked to about it. Nobody was given a heads up. It just kind of was announced, and everyone found out on Twitter. Um, It's crazy. It shakes the golf world up tremendously. I think it's really exciting to have all the best guys playing with each other now. I know I'm looking forward to it. Definitely curious to hear other people's thoughts on that, but um, great time to be in the golf. Great time to be a fan, and things just gonna get better and better as a spectator sport. And now, you know, I've been saying I really want to go to one in person, but I was like, man, do I go to Live or PGA? You, I mean, you go to, now we're gonna be able to get to see all the best guys in one. I hope so. uh very, very much excited about that. And just like I said though, the, the imagine the PGA guys that turned down these deals like Will Zalator supposedly turned out a hundred million dollar deal, which nothing. He's a tremendous golfer. I mean, he's top 30 in the world, I think, but to turn down that kind of money to go play less golf and Oh, I'm not the Saudi money, the blood money. I, I get it. I understand. <sighs> but to say like people like Dustin Johnson or, Brooks Kepka, like these, or Harold Varner, that these aren't good people because they went to go play and live golf. I mean, it's just, it's insane. They, they took more money to play less golf and to be with their family more. If you watch that full swing on Netflix, it kind of gives you an idea on what was going through some of these guys' minds. Then you got people like Rory who get offered a $500 million deal, don't take it. But then you have the PGA welcome them with open arms anyway now and kind of do this whole merger deal. So it it's kind of a little bit to, to break down and dissect. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts that I can't quite understand yet. But the more I learn, the more I'll try to break it down and sh- try to try to understand that and share that with some of you guys, right? Um, we talked about documentaries earlier. I'm not gonna get into huge oh, real quick, actually. Like uh, it, it the morals versus the money was the big thing with the PGA and the live, like the PGA guys was like, well, they got me to this point. And why would I stab the PGA in the back? And I'm not going to go betray them. I don't see how you're betraying them. You worked your whole life to get so good at a skill and a game and a sport that you should be able to use your leverage and your advantage. If you're going to be able to go play less competitive golf and get more money, no, maybe these guys truly love playing golf so much that they, they wanted to compete more, or maybe some of them could not do with it, with, like, the morals, I guess you could say. And don't get me wrong, like, I, I know Saudi Arabia's, <laughs> they do some bad shit, and the whole Jamal Khashoggi thing, I, I understand, right? But, like, I'm just trying to paint the picture of how, Bad it makes the PGA look here, where they're they're talking out against all the guys for going and doing this and this and that. But then they don't give any of the guys a heads up about it. I I don't know. It, it's just a weird conversation. I'm super excited about it, but kind of confusing. Um one last documentary that I watched over the last week or so. Uh only about an hour long. But Hulk Hogan, all about my dude suing Gawker over the sex tape. And it was definitely an interesting documentary because I I didn't know some of the stuff. Like it was his friend Bubba, the love sponge who was a radio DJ who was like having a failing relationship with his wife and he was willing to share with the Hulkster and brother. I'll tell you what the Hulkster really took advantage brother. And unfortunately Bubba, I don't know if it was a setup or exactly what happened, but the cameras were rolling, you know, so Hulk was being filmed and it's just funny because you see like the bandana and then like his big Jack body and this grainy video and you just see like the silhouette of the Hulk with the bandana from the, it's just, it's tremendous. It's really, it's really something. Uh... (laughs) So Bubble Love Sponge supposedly had an employee that might've leaked the footage. I mean, it was a disaster, but the Hulk, I think I'm getting a hundred and, hundred and some some million dollars for the verdict and and damages, and kind of helped out future people to avoid being in situations like that. but interesting watch interesting, interesting documentary, say the least ah uh, another another sad story, Bam Margera. I was first reading, you know, you we've been hearing all about his stuff with going through the whole jackass divorce and just not being good, refusing to go to rehab and then. I saw a headline the other day that he was threatening to smoke crack until he dies, until he can see his kids, which is like, but if you die, you can't see your kids. So what are we doing, bam? Um, he was the other day placed on a 5150 psychiatric hold. So not great news for our guy, bam. And I just wanted to shout him out and talk about how influential he was in my life with the Viva La Bam programming that was on MTV in the early two thousands. Uh, that gave me and my brother and our friends some serious entertainment for years. And, you know, a character like Don Vita will, will simply live on forever. So hoping Bam can get through these, these troubling times and hopefully he's got a support system that can help him out. And, uh, certainly a weird story, right? Uh, we're getting there guys. We're getting there. Uh, do we really need to cover the old, eh, whatever. We all know it your boys on the dating apps, just searching for love. And we found love in a hopeless place, guys. I'll tell you that That's going to be my story. If I do meet someone, do you make up a story or do you say, Hey, we met on a dating app food for thought. Uh, saw an old coworker on there from a restaurant. Um, really feeling for this girl. Her bio was looking for someone to treat me better than the dishwasher at work. So, uh, Prayers to you, girl. I hope he's out there. I think think he might be. Now, question. Is a guy more likely to find a good girl on a dating app, or is a girl more likely to find a good guy on a dating app? You know my answer, baby. We're going to say the girl's more likely to find a good guy, because you got one of the rarest, most goodest eggs of all time just sitting on the apps waiting to be Waiting to be scooped up and hatched, but I mean, clearly the hairline's not my friend. I've always been a little weak in the mustache area. Uh I don't have tattoos. I don't have a boat. I don't really catch fish and pose with fish. That seems to be a real a real winner on the dating apps and the fucking dad joke thing. Oh, send me your best dad joke. Like, fuck you. What is what's a dad joke? Like, I don't can we can we find different content to specialize in and I Okay. Enough of that. Um, yikes. (laughs) Recent story coming out of the NFL, uh, more trouble. Athletes are getting more and more caught up in this nowadays. Pete Rose was really ahead of his time. Isaiah Rogers, a cornerback or a safety on the Colts, Indianapolis Colts being investigated for gambling. Um, yeah, it's a big deal, but like, I feel MMA is a way bigger deal because one fighter can directly affect the outcome. Like one secondary member can obviously really negatively affect the team, but can he influence the outcome of a game just based on his actions and such? I don't believe so. Um, and then also, when you have the NFL pushing so much of the gambling and the DraftKings partnerships and everything, which I'm I probably said before. You're you're kind of putting in these guys' face, you know. You got the advertisers everywhere, but then it's like, but you can't gamble. But like, you're just a normal guy, just like everybody else. You just you watch a game. You just want a little bit more rooting interest when you're watching said game. So, I'm a little weird on these these things. I'm not really in favor of suspending, but I mean, I guess you kind of have to to make an example out of these people to do this and let people know it's not okay. But if that was that big of a deal, would you really be getting into bed with DraftKings and my bookie and FanDuel? You know what I mean? So I don't know. Uh, Last two things I wanted to cover. Well, maybe last two, maybe we'll do a couple more, but uh, Apple was debuting their, their VR headset the other day. And let's, let's pull this up guys. Oh shit. Yeah. I guess we can't forget about our boy there either. Um, Apple's new VR headset was being debuted and I just, I was kind of blown away. I mean, they have the Oculus and all these other things now that a couple hundred dollars here, right? I believe uh, there was a video I saw last night where Apple announced how much they were going to be charging and a crowd just let out like a giant groan. Um, yeah, the headline right here, the price of Apple's VR, or the, I forget what it's not the headline, but it's the one underneath of it that the price of Apple's VR headset is more than double the median monthly mortgage payment in the US. So they actually have the nerve to release this thing for $3,500. Um what could this do? I mean, if this is like No, I should hold that disgusting thought inside and I will. Apple, because already has an iPhone in your pocket, as well as a watch for your wrist, and then they have the AirPods for your ear. The blah, 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 blah. And Imagine if you could also do augmented reality instead of thirty-four ninety-nine. Thirty-four ninety-nine. <laughs> the Vision Pro is controlled by the user's eyes, voice, and hands. Augmented reality combines a computer-generated version of the user's view of the real world. The headset can scan your face to produce a realistic 3D avatar while using FaceTime, and even allow you to watch 3D movies like Avatar using the headset. Holy shit. There's there's the steep cost, the brewing competition, and big picture econ- economics that could complicate the decision to buy the high-tech gear. Yeah, like with the way AI is going, and that's something I haven't even talked about on here yet, is that whole jet, chat GBT and how quickly it's improving. And, you know, kids are outsourcing their essays there now. People are doing stand-up monologues through there. I mean, it's just... People are writing reality shows and, and scripted shows using Chat they're giving it a prompt and it's doing it. I mean, so to spend thirty five hundred dollars before I even read on a headset that could be vastly improved upon in six months from now, right? In quotes. The VR enthusiasts, I think, will be all in on the product announcement. But I think in a lot of ways, the success of these markets is measured by the mass adaptation or adoption, excuse me. Who, besides the VR enthusiasts, is going to buy the product? Like, yeah, if it's one thing, if it's $100 and you can kind of have an impulse buy when you're walking around the mall, but nobody really fucking breaking the bank to impulse buying a $3,500 VR headset. Okay. I think that's enough for that topic. The VR headset's absolutely absurd. Uh, thirty five. I mean, I say that now. It'll probably come out and be fucking insane, but we'll let other people uh, tell us that, right? Uh, something I saw on Instagram the other day. This is, is really tremendous. And Lord, what was his little name in Game of Thrones, guys? Because there's a Game of Thrones character that is now in the UFC. Or just, yeah, he just got signed to the UFC. So it was the little kid. I think his name was Robin, who who breastfed until he was like 18. Um, Steven Erseg. Game of Thrones. I'm positive. Anyways, the UFC signed him the other day. His name is Stefan or Steven Erseg. And nickname is Astro Boy. I just thought this was worth covering because. Were you in fucking Game of Thrones or not? Sorry for this quick pause, guys. I should have done this a little bit more, but. Alright, well. That's annoying. Rest assured. There, the kid, I think it was, he was Catelyn Stark's sister's son. He was going to take over that whole area, and he Wanted to kick someone into the moon beam and watch them fall through the sky. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, he's an MMA fighter. Just got signed to the UFC. Blah, blah. Okay. Um, Do we want to cover this girl or not? Do we want to give her the space? Do we want to? You know what, girl? Today is your lucky day. Actually, real quick. Did you guys hear about Lululemon? Well supposedly there was a store in Georgia that was being worked at by educators because the CEO of Lululemon doesn't call his employees employees. He calls them educators. He's educating them about workout clothes and whatever, faggot. Um, <laughs> two girls who were working in a Lululemon store were the victims of a I guess wrong place, wrong time. They happened to be on shift when someone was stealing from the store. Uh... These girls were obviously raised right, called law enforcement to report the crime. And in turn, they get fired by Lululemon. Um the owner was in quote quote saying it's just merchandise and like you don't do that. Like, what? So I don't know. I thought that was kind of insane to just fire people for like in for doing their job and Someone comes in, tries to steal something, they report them, and then they get fired. Uh, going to the New York Post right now, just get a little more context on the shit. And yeah, Mondays or Tuesdays are the goal for me to release episodes. I know I'm trying to be more consistent with it. Sometimes I'm not as on the ball as i like to be, but still, like, the setup and everything is so far from ideal, so I'm doing my best. But every time I... It's just, it's annoying to have to try to set it up and record. I want to get something a little more stable. So here we go. Lululemon CEO who fired employees for confronting thieves stands by decisions. In quotes, it's only merchandise. We have a zero tolerance policy that we train our educators on around engaging during a theft. Lululemon CEO Calvin McDonald said, educators are what Lululemon calls its workers. He claimed that the two filed... Fired female workers, one of whom was an assistant manager, were not fired for calling the cops, but because they didn't abide by company policy, which says employees shouldn't engage. So if you shop at a Lululemon, go. Just go. Why are you paying? You're not going to like they don't want you to call the cops. They don't want you to engage with thieves. So does that mean you can just go in the store and just fucking like what? Jennifer Ferguson and Rachel Rogers said they were aware of the policy and were let go without being given specific reason for the firing. Um, Man, I wish I was like one of those big pockets like, guess what, girls? You don't have to work for a year. I mean, this little cuck. Look at this little Calvin McDonald. Now you're you're getting two girls out of (laughs) Ferguson said once a robbery occurs, workers are instructed to scan a QR code. And that's that. We've been told not to put in any notes because that might scare other people. We're not supposed to call the police. Not supposed to really talk about it. What? The fuck? They're trying to step back, let the theft occur. Know that there's technology and there's cameras and we're working with law enforcement. I mean, I guess on one hand, you should feel kind of decent if you're an employee. like I, I never have to worry about... Like Me, on the other hand, I have a job where I'm just... Loaning out money and tools left and right and trying to get it back after the fact. I mean, it can be a nightmare. So, I mean, knowing these employees are kind of deburdened for some of this, I guess that's kind of nice. So, uh, you're still a cut Calvin still standing by it. Um, we have a couple more things we wanted to, can't remember what else we had the Lululemon, the educators, a couple little IG current events, not, not, Super lengthy, but there's one girl right here that's really got me, got my gears grinded up. So I guess similar to the last story, another... I don't even know what you want to call this. A former... Now, again, I have my doubts about this story, but let's just go for it. A former Apple employee, not even going to give you her name, has turned to the streets to promote her Instagram account after being fired... (laughs) By the giant for the tech, by the tech giant for her sexually explicit post on social media, Renee had been working at Apple for over two years before her personal social media activities brought to her employer's attention. Apple, known for its strict code of conduct, immediately terminated Renee Erica's employment. Despite her initial shock and disappointment in losing her job, Renee Erica quickly found a way to make a new living, armed with a homemade sign. Promoting her Instagram account, Erica has been spotted on busy street corners in the city, garnering attention from passerbys. Her message is clear. Apple fired me for my sexuality, but I won't let them silence me. Follow me on Instagram. Now, if you stopped and you followed this girl, you're part of the problem. While some have criticized her approach, like me, others have ever applauded her for standing up for her rights and not backing down in the face of adversity. The face of adversity, huh? You, now I'll admit, she has a fantastic rump. But you, see what I did there? You decided to go on and post these photos, which I am all about. It was a free country. You post yourself how you want it to be done. But at some point, if you're working for a company like Apple, I mean, we should have some kind of inkling that maybe... They're not going to stand for this. Now, I don't know if this girl was on OnlyFans. That's what I think she claimed, or if she was just doing her own thing. But here's a video right here of some goofball walking by her. And this girl just got fired from her job, and she's simply just standing outside holding a sign in her little slutty outfit. Let's just call a spade a spade. Just got fired. Creepy boss. And then they blank out the thing. Just got fired. Creepy boss was stalking me. Follow me or something like that. And then in this picture, just posing in her underwear with her middle finger up and her tongue out. LMFAO. My boss at Apple found my OF and just fired me. Fuck that creepy asshole. So you make the OnlyFans for money and for male attention and validation. A male finds it. He gives you the ultimate validation by firing you and giving you all this attention and you're mad what are you mad about and this is the problem with this generation now like this girl gets fired now i'm not saying the way she got fired or the reason she got fired was justified or right because i don't think it is go get another job or if you want go on fucking only fans and do that but don't be fucking going on posting these pictures in your fucking scantily clad outfits and trying to be getting all the sympathy because like give me a fucking break all right go get another job making a sign and standing out on the streets my boss fired me follow me on it like (sighs) some of you may think i'm like a pig for saying i don't know i think this is just this girl went about this the completely wrong way I'm not saying I'm not sympathetic for your story, but my god, do it in a different fucking way. And then posting a picture like this. Am I sharing my screen? Oh fuck. Well, here's the picture that we're talking about, so. Just despicable behavior by this this young lady. Alright. Despicable. Uh let's go to more stories. So Here we go. Screen has been shared. So, a substitute teacher in Mesquite is facing criminal charges after allegedly encouraging fights among middle school students. Wow, and it's not in Florida. Natalie Grace, who spells Natalie like a – yeah. A 24-year-old teacher from Dallas turned herself into the police on Monday and now faces four counts of endangering a child. The incident came to light when a student recorded a video of the fights in the classroom – Betty Martinez, the mother of the student who captured the footage, expressed shock and disbelief upon watching the video. Martinez's daughter secretly recorded the fights. And first of all, you fucking dumb substitute. You're this young, this aware of social media and phones, and and you really thought... (laughs) You fucking idiot. Not to mention these are the people that are being appointed to teach your kids. (laughs) Teach your kids, huh? Fights occurred. at Kimbrough Middle School last Wednesday, according to Mesquite ISD. Mesquite Police Department, Lieutenant Brandon Rickett said there's no evidence to suggest Garcia had organized student fights in the past. So, video is not going to come through great here, but I do not want this on record. A sub- she says record. Like I do not want this on maybe she was saying on record. Um I'm trying to see if I can get any volume on here, even though it's not going to come through for you guys, but. I'm allowed to have some fun, aren't I? Pretty much, it's just the video is just showing, like, her... It tells another to put 30 seconds on the clock. After so the she's... first two students fight, classmates say that at least one of them is bleeding. The substitute responds by hushing the class and saying... The substitute... She's so saying, we can't play again if we're talking... <laughs> substitute teacher in Texas was on a video. So she starts off, I do not want this on record. <laughs> <laughs> organizing so essentially she's organizing fights in the middle of her classroom while she's supposed to be teaching. So more lovely news out of public schools that are just I'm not going to get into the other stuff, but it's been a not been the best look for public schools over the last couple of weeks. And I went to one. So this guy, who pretended to be dead for 321 days, finally gets his acting role as a dead body on CSI. So if you think you're fucking dedicated to your craft, try again. Josh nowy a man from Kentucky, pretended to be dead for over 300 days, which ended up landing him on a role on CSI Vegas. He shared daily videos on TikTok, showcasing his commitment and skill in playing a corpse. After 321 days, he received the call and was offered a role on the show. So for those of you out there saying, man, you're never going to make it on your podcast. You get 10 videos a day. Yeah, I do. But maybe one day, after 320 episodes, maybe I'll find my, my Hello Tissi sponsorship or uh something like that. So shout out to Josh now. You're fucking motivating me and inspiring me, bro. Don't give up on your dreams and keep going, right? Last story, and then we'll get you guys out of here for the week. All right, so the volume is on. And uh Florida, baby. Florida is where it's at, guys. We got a guy who's uh robbing a phone repair store. Have you seen one of those yet? I don't know if I have. Oh yeah. This guy's robbing a repair phone store with a just a, a cardboard box over his head. I mean he uh shout out to my boy. He's got the flaps down, so he's covering, you know, mid breastplate area. So top of the head down to mid breastplate. Uh pretty good technique. I don't know if this has been seen before, but it didn't work out as well as he'd hoped. I mean, he's on he's on Hood Ratchet TV, so he clearly got caught. But let's uh, let's lower the volume here and just play the video out for those who have video access. And video shared by business owner shows a so, my guy is just stealing phones. Oh, and look at the. <laughs> He's going through the glass case, you know, with the box over his head. Identity's covered. And then I guess maybe he sees the new iPhone 14 XR and he has to take the box off his head. So now his identity has completely been blown. (laughs) So he's just I mean, he was covering up for a reason. Then he gets to the point where he breaks the glass gets yeah now what are you going to put him in so he's got a little bag on his okay so the technique there is still good 19 iPhones $8,000 of the cash okay but there he goes spotted in the area around 5:30 Saturday afternoon and arrested spotted in the area around 5:30 in the afternoon later that day and arrested so uh i don't know maybe if you're going to take the box off your head like go home and Shave the head, put on like a fake mustache and just change the look up a little bit. But and where was the employee? Um, If I had to guess, it was probably like a 22 year old girl who went to, let's say, two semesters of college, realized it wasn't for her. Quit college, went out and got a cat, met some scummy little Florida boyfriend who owns snakes and lizards and reptiles, started smoking a lot of cigarettes, started drinking Monster Energies, weaned off of cigarettes to get onto vapes and now she's just a chronic vapor um i'm betting that she potentially works next door to a vape shop and her vape just ran out of juice so she ran next door while she didn't have any customers thinking okay i'm gonna get some juice real quick and come back uh by the time she comes back yeah she's got the new pineapple punch from uh you know her favorite juice company but her store was robbed to the tune of 15 grand with some damages. So, uh, if that is in fact, the employee pretty good, but I, I have a pretty good feeling of these Florida cats now. So Claude Vincent Griffin, 33 was arrested on Saturday, charged with grand theft, burglar, criminal mischief, cocaine possession, and resisting an officer without violence, according to Miami-Dade, Florida. So I think that was a pretty fun episode today, guys. What do you say? Uh, Once we get a better studio, better camera, uh, we're in the process right now, potentially uh, stumbling upon a nice little piece of equipment for the podcast. It's really going to upgrade it. So uh, let's see where that goes. Hope to get back here next Monday or Tuesday for some more verbal garbage. But I do got my sister coming into town this weekend with her baby and her husband. Going to see Shane Gillis Saturday night. Can't wait. Um, So it might be a little hectic next week. So I'm going to try to get an episode out there. Maybe, maybe not. Either way, gave you guys a nice little long one again for the second week in a row to hold you over. Enjoy. Spread the word. Keep letting everybody know. Listen to Verbal Garbage. Verbal Garbage out.